0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. It's Robert here along with Dustin and a special guest, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but before we get started, we want to give you a word from our friends over at MyBoogie. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite football gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants you to get your mind off of everything else and back in the game. Best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite pricks. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, bree cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. Punch people from UBA right in the neck.
1: They wear suits to games. (laughs) That's absurd.
0: Everyone, welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and we've got Rob sitting across from me. And we actually have a live studio audience today. We, uh, audience of one, audience of one. We've got a buddy sitting in, Austin. How's it going? Doing well. Go who's. (laughs) If you can't hear, they said, Doing well. Go who's. So (laughs) hopefully the mics don't pick him up too much. But, uh, we might ask his opinion sometimes, so we'll see. But uh, today we're going to talk about football. We're really happy today, as you can tell, because uh, UVA just put out an amazing win at UNC, 38-31. to uh, Rob and I are going to break it all down for you. We're also going to release a basketball pod this week. It's going to come out later in the week, probably like Monday or Tuesday, just because the game is on Wednesday. And it would be foolish to release it after the game, I would say. So, Rob, how are you feeling after the game yesterday
1: it's crazy how uh seasons change in a week man right it's like after duke so like after you know we're like going down a bad path losing notre dame losing miami and we beat duke and we're all happy and then you know pretty ugly loss at louisville and now all of a sudden we're happy again like this is the acc coastal at its finest i don't understand it the defense the defense is about what i expected it to be and we didn't know we weren't going to have Britton Nelson before the game, which is a huge loss in an already depleted secondary. And you know, it wasn't great. The front seven wasn't great. The back end wasn't great. But the offense, like, where did that come from? It's where like, has that been? It's all like
0: it's like having the 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 two sides flip. Like the defense is now bad, and the offense is now good, and it's really confusing. And as a UVA fan, I don't really understand it. But we're gonna try and break it down for y'all. So, uh, UVA pours out 38 points. Bryce Perkins has 490 yards, which is a UVA all-time record. Where did this come from, and how did we get there? Like, What what changed in the play calling? Robert and I had a great game.
1: Yeah, I it know. It was the first time he's had. Like, we haven't had a great game from Robert and I all season. We no. had a good half against uh, the second half against Florida State, and this is it. And you saw it like all come together, and I don't know if it's just – the fact that Bryce is fully healthy. You know, we saw fully healthy Bryce against Duke, and then he tweaked his knee again last week against Louisville. But he looked pretty much fully healthy again. Um, and, you know, it's not like we were running the ball either. It's not like our backs did a good job, really, No, we still, we
0: still can't run the ball.
1: But the fact that Bryce is now a threat as a runner now, our receivers obviously had a great day, led by Terrell Jana. The offensive line, the it with all due respect to Ryan Swoboda, I think the best thing for the unit was him getting <laughs> dinged up. Because Dylan Reikensmeyer has played pretty much, I'd say pretty much, I think Dylan Reikensmeyer has played the entirety of the past three games. So, you know, I think it's been a great, uh, (laughs) not great for him, but it's been a good development for the offensive line that there's been at least some cohesion there. Yeah. And, you know, Bryce was making some explosive plays. The 65-yard run, you know, Tanner Cowley down the seam was a big play, a big play down uh, on the sideline to Cease Dubois. You know, we've talked about the explosive plays and the lack thereof. You know, there were they weren't like these dynamic, like wow, did you see that plays, but there were chunk plays last night, mm-hmm. and that's the first time we've seen that really from this offense all season.
0: There, there weren't a like deep, like so. North Carolina had the the chunk plays. You know, the fifty yard touchdown, the forty seven yard touchdown, the thirty eight yard touch. All those were chunk plays, but UVA, I mean Bryce's sixty five yard run. Was the longest play that we've had from scrimmage all season, and he hasn't been running like he hasn't been able to run like that all year. Partly because of the offensive line, partly because he's been injured, and just partly because you know the the play calling hasn't allowed him to do that. But he saw an opening and he did what he what we expected him to do all last year, which was evade tacklers. I think he evaded five or six people uh, that got a hand on him, and he scampered up the sideline. Probably did not step out, but we can't we can't really tell. I and don't think he stepped out. I actually don't think he did really. It was really close, yeah, it was really close i like his foot one angle it looked like his foot was over the line a little bit, but it was down low, so you couldn't see above anyway, but that was the longest pay from scrimmage all season, and so seeing that he still has it in him to do that is really encouraging because that's something that teams have stopped really having to worry about because he hasn't done that all year yeah and David Teal's column after the game essentially was Bryce Perkins
1: turned it back to 2018 which is essentially what happened he had 100 yards rushing against UNC last Mm -hmm. year 100 yards rushing again this year and you know speaking of great columnists on the UVA beat I go back to Jerry Ratcliffe what Jerry Ratcliffe has been saying Mm -hmm. all season is you know if you have a dynamic quarterback like Bryce Perkins this is college football you're only going to get him for three more games at least in the regular season and his career like if you got a dynamic quarterback like that you should use
0: him. use him and
1: that's you know for better or worse at some point i still think it'd be good for virginia to have a legit ground game (laughs) led by the running backs you know wayne Talapapa five carries for 21 yards and a fumble and pk Kyer one carry for five yards and that's it that's we had six running back carries Mm -hmm. while bryce had 24 carries now some of those are sacks a couple of those are knees but a legit 20 carry day from bryce perkins so how sustainable this is, I don't know, but we got three regular season games left. Right. You know, throw caution to the wind. Let's try to win these games. Well,
0: I think I think part, of, and we've talked about this before, but part of the reason why Bryce was not being used, probably not being run as much, is because one, he was dinged up. Two, Armstrong was dinged up. He had turf toe. Mm-hmm. Now that Armstrong's back, um, threw a beautiful pass last night on special teams as well, we're able to... Run Bryce a little bit more because we do have a legit backup quarterback who is not Lindell Stone, who yeah. really did with not. With all due respect, with all due respect, to Lindell game is Stone. Strong, though. Beard game strong, number game strong, but uh, he it did not perform well in his spot minutes against you know teams yeah. this season. So, but anyway, I would yeah. say that that
1: brings up a point though that that Cowley reception on the fake punt that Brennan Armstrong drew through. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like. Tanner Cowley and even the receivers in general, because Tanner Cowley had what for him was a career day, and for UVA tight ends in general, anyone who
0: caught like everyone who caught a pass yesterday, basically had a career day. Yeah. (laughs) There's three career days yesterday for pass reception receivers yesterday.
1: Well, Janna's the obvious one. Janna's the
0: obvious one, for sure.
1: Janna finished 13 receptions, 146 yards, and he had that long at 34, which was down the middle, which Mm -hmm. was a A beautiful catch. It was a great play. Hasise Dubois, six receptions, 97 yards. Uh, He had that 40 yard catch down the sideline. And he just
0: had that get off me touchdown where he just bodied the defender and then stared him down.
1: And honestly, that's like another thing with this is the passing game was Unpredictable. Yeah. The passing game. You know, you had it the was... Bryce Perkins jump pass to Cali. That was great. amazing. It, yeah.
0: it it was like it was like Anai finally was like, oh, we've got some dynamic players. Let's actually <laughs> use them. Well, another
1: pass. You bring up the touchdown that Haseeb Dubois touchdown. Like we had three receivers to one side of the play, and Hassis was the only one on the short side of the field. On the other. I was almost positive they were going to roll Bryce, mm-hmm. and you saw Joe Reed run just a little out route. Yeah. I thought for sure that's where the ball was going. Bryce, you know, didn't even look his way. Bryce going the think fade, twice. no, with the back shoulder to Hassee the whole time. Uh, it wasn't
0: even a fade. It was just like was just, just boxed him out yeah. and then caught the pass around the goal line. Grant Mish
1: had one reception, his first career reception, six yards for a touchdown, and that's something I wish this offense would have done so much mm-hmm. more throughout the season. You saw it. Uh, with the Lamanay last year in the Belk Bowl, is just the mesh routes. You mm-hmm. don't have, you know, like a great offensive line to protect you. Right. Let's get some just underneath crossing routes, clear out some space. And that's what that route was to Grant Mish, which worked well. And Jana had a good block on that play, uh, just the same way Hassis had a good block on yep. the Bryce Perkins touchdown run. I, a lot went well last night. The offense mm-hmm. was not predictable. Yep. And other than the fact that you knew the running back probably wasn't going to get the carry. Mm-hmm. You didn't really know where the ball was gonna go. And it was it was like refreshing. It was the first time we'd seen that it was, since Florida State second it was, half.
0: It was really refreshing and and I don't know if anything's changed. I mean, next week against Georgia Tech, we could go back to old, you know, let's <laughs> let's just do five yard passes every single time. But uh this is really encouraging to see that Anai um changed up what he was doing and also that it worked. Mm -hmm. right because if it didn't work you know we might not be having this conversation yeah yeah Um, i i want to go back to the fake punt and it really wasn't a fake punt because we didn't line up in punt formation but i really like the play call because it was unconventional and it seemed like carolina was not prepared for what they saw on that punt
1: and that's like the funny part is i read a tweet this morning which actually makes a lot of sense they're like yeah, we were punting from, like, their 32-yard mm-hmm. line on, like, a fourth and short. Like, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't we have known something was coming? <laughs> but, no, I mean, they didn't know it was coming. And Broncos said in the post-game presser, someone asked him, like, if he's had that up his sleeve all mm-hmm. season. And they were like, no, we drove that up we this drew week. We that up this week. And, you know, credit to Ricky Brumfield, man. They've had some good special teams plays. Obviously, they had another- Joe Reed returning. But even on the kickoff uh, game, you know, they had the pooch one against Notre mm-hmm. Dame, which worked. They had... Uh, against Louisville, the the onside kick that worked. They
0: had the the almost fake punt against ODU, where it was just a hard count, and then they went off sides and we got the first down. So, you know, the special team has been great this year, and I've been saying it all year, but I think they're our best unit <laughs> this year <Well>. so far. <laughs> I mean, now well, now that the offense is good, maybe we have to give it to the offense. But well, let's not let's not go too far, right okay. there. We have a sample size of one. I'm right just now. excited. I'm excited, Rob. Well,
1: the defense was not the best unit you know, last no. night. So let's let's talk about that because obviously, I thought the defense was going to struggle coming in. Sam Howell's a very good quarterback, and you know the best freshman quarterback we have faced since Josh Rosen for sure. I mean, Howell has the makings to being a very good player in the ACC two more, three more years, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it. Um, And he kind of picked us apart. And one thing we didn't know coming into the game was that we were going to be without Brendan Nelson, which unfortunately we're we're without Brendan Nelson for the rest of the season. And by the way, Joey Blunt's also playing with uh, a band or sling, whatever you want to call it, on his shoulder. So Joey Mm -hmm. Blunt's banged up too. And they took advantage of it. And you've seen teams take advantage of it. Throw it at Devontae Cross. Devontae Cross, who was playing safety, put on the weight to play safety. He's not built like a cornerback right now. And Mm -hmm. I think safety is, he really settled into his, I would say, probably natural position at safety earlier in the season, having to move him out of position. All of a sudden, without Brendan Nelson, he normally plays the slot in nickel. You're bringing in Jalen Baker. Jalen Baker made some plays at times, especially towards the end, but he got beat deep several times. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a secondary that is not what it was at the start of the season both safety injuries and corner injuries
0: yeah each each of north carolina's scoring plays uh were either set up or were over 30 yards long so their first field goal was a 57 yard pass to uh diami 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 brown brown we can get that they're brown wide receiver brown um and 47 yard (laughs) touchdown pass 34 yard touchdown pass 50-yard touchdown pass, 42-yard touchdown pass. So they were picking on our secondary all night. And that's something that we did not expect coming into this season. I mean, our secondary was one of the best in the nation. And now it's a weakness almost.
1: Well, it's a shell of what it was. Right. You're-
0: well, we have, we're have we missing three of our four starters yeah. on, in our secondary.
1: And the only one that's there is Joey Blunt. He's also playing hurt. Yeah. And then you look at the depth, obviously, you don't have Bryce Hall mm-hmm. or uh, Darius Bratton. You also don't have Heskin Smith. You also don't have Jermaine Crowell. Now you're without Brendan Nelson, you know, and unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, but Tenye Dixon played last night, which, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe is good that they have a guy back there, but that was his fourth game played. He's most likely not going to redshirt. Antonio Clary was also hurt last night, so he didn't play. I mean, even the backup guys are dinged up. So it's... Yeah, I mean, you're playing with fire here. And, you know, we said we couldn't afford another injury after Bryce Hall went down. And we did. We one. Here's Brendan Nelson. So, yeah, the secondary didn't play great. I think this is just going to be a theme all season. I mean, even looking ahead to the Virginia Tech game, you know, TBD, most likely Hendon Hooker will be their quarterback, but mm-hmm. Tech has a good group of receivers. Yeah. But for me, what was a little more concerning, what if you want to say concerning, but the front seven... Especially against the run, Looked didn't bad. play that well. Yeah, and you know maybe part of it was not having Jordan Mack, and you know he didn't play the first half because of the targeting. He Got also hurt. missed some time Got in the hurt. second half. I didn't think Nick Jackson played bad. I didn't see any mm-hmm. plays where I was like, oh, like Jordan Mack would have made that play. He's just se. young. He's just young. Yeah. And- but it was it was the front seven as a whole. You know, UNC would still kind of dominated in the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I I, I, I hope that cleans up because that hasn't been the case.
0: I think with our secondary being banged up and with, you know, we have to drop more linebackers into coverage now, it's showing that our 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 defensive line is not as good as they appear. Because as we we talked about this earlier, how most of the sacks this season have come from linebackers or the secondary. And I think it was only before this game, it was like three or four were actually coming from the defensive line. Mm -hmm. And that showed tonight where, you know, the defensive line wasn't getting much push. The linebackers were all back in coverage, or you know, or making sure their wide receivers and tight ends were not getting free. And at the same time, you know, they were getting it seemed like ten yards. Sometimes it was ten yards to carry for the whole drive. It felt like, yeah. And and I think having our secondary being banged up has really exposed our lack of talent at the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean, the depth is there, and thankfully, unlike last year, we haven't gone through the injuries we've had at the defensive line. And, I mean, that's a good group. Jawan Briggs had his first career sack, first play Mm of the game. Uh, Eli Hanback had a sack. But as a whole, you know, the front seven just wasn't what we've come to expect. You know, Carolina averaged 4.8 yards a carry, you know, 186 yards on 39 attempts. So they were able to move the ball. And what we just have to hope is that this was kind of a one-time thing, a Carolina team that was, you know, playing good football, has a very good quarterback, has good running backs and Javante Williams and Michael Carter. So, you know, I don't think we're going to face an offense necessarily like theirs the rest of the season, no. you know, looking at Liberty, Georgia Tech, and Virginia, Virginia Tech, which has potential, but I think Sam Howell is just... A really good quarterback, He's and I really think good. that opened up a lot of things, especially against a somewhat depleted, especially in the back end. Yeah, team.
0: especially you know, and you know, dropping linebackers, our secondary is depleted, opens up the run game, and it you know it kind of feeds off each other. If you got a good passing game and it's working, your run game is going to open up. If you got a good run game, passing game is going to open up. And that's not something that we've experienced all season, but it's something that a team like North Carolina. Um, has experienced my I was talking with my dad a couple weeks ago and he was watching the LSU game with Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's so good as a passer that it just opens up the whole run game for LSU and he was saying that Joe Burrow would is not a great runner by any means but he was able to get 10 yards of carry because everyone was dropping back into coverage and that's kind of how I feel like it was against North Carolina not saying that Sam Howell is like Joe Burrow but You know, it's kind of a similar thing where, you know, we didn't have the bodies up front that we could have had because we had to drop them back. Mm -hmm.
1: But credit where credit's due, the final two drives for North Carolina ended in turnovers on downs, which Austin over here was very right about and very smart. We brought pressure. We just, you know, freshman quarterback, we brought pressure on Sam Howell and hurried some throws. And there were guys that were at least somewhat open, able to get their hands on the ball, but rush throws, plays didn't have time to develop, and you saw, especially on the... um, The goal line stand? Yeah, he went to his first read, and it wasn't there, and then he was scrambling under pressure, Mm -hmm. threw a ball that maybe was catchable, but it would have been a very, very hard catch. And um, so, I mean, the defense, you know, it's weird because there were so many points scored, but then they pitched a shutout in the fourth quarter, which part of it was because they couldn't kick the field goal. They had to go for the touchdown, but Mm -hmm. it they put it together when they really really needed to The bend uh, but don't break like yeah. you're playing with fire there they've been but really far I, again i don't think this is i don't think this is an offense that we're going to see replicated at least in the regular season just with the upcoming teams we're going to face
0: so speaking about upcoming teams we've got georgia tech then we've got a bye then we're liberty at home and then we've got virginia tech at home so we've got two techs a bye and liberty all at home how are how are you feeling going into those last four weeks of the season, and what's something that you want to see coming out of? Let's talk about the offense first, then we can talk about the defense coming out after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Georgia Tech, and the line just came out recording the Sunday night. The line came out sixteen and a half initially. Uh, Seems high for UVA. It, it'll probably come down. It's weird. Like the national perception has, I think, UVA a lot mm-hmm. higher than maybe we think in Germany right. they are <laughs> and they also have georgia tech lower and yeah. you know georgia tech they were in the game for a bit against pittsburgh pittsburgh pulled away they
0: actually beat miami which we couldn't do so yeah
1: but you know georgia tech that's a game you should win what i guess kind of scares me is you know we've kind of seen you know at least one case study this season of coming off an emotional win florida state to next week ODU. a home game odu where the team really struggled and hopefully they learned their lesson from that. I don't. I don't really know what happened between then and there. I, you know, there was a lot of emotion in that game, but that—that's what kind of scares me a little bit. Is that hey, you just had a big, big win. I mean, that essentially, if Virginia doesn't beat North Carolina, they're not going to win the Coastal. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot riding on that game. And now Virginia is firmly in the driver's seat. You know, not locked up by any stretch. There's a lot of scenarios that can play out. The coastal,
0: but... coastal determines its own destiny. No <laughs> one controls their destiny in the Coastal.
1: Yeah, that is pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're in the driver's seat. They're in sole possession of first place. Mm-hmm. You know, Virginia has this favorable favorable schedule, all yeah. home games. And they kind of went through the brunt of it in October, four out of five on the road.
0: Oh, We felt it. We felt we definitely it in October. It.
1: But you have this emotional win at North Carolina, and now what do you do against Georgia Tech? It's mm-hmm. homecoming. Hopefully this is a game Virginia should win. I, Hopefully. It, <laughs>
0: it feels like, you know, we've played much better at home this season. You know, besides the ODU game, we've played really well at home this season. You look back to the Duke game, William & Mary. Uh, we We've played well at home, and we've beat teams – uh, probably by more than we were expected to at home. So I think this team plays really well at home. Doesn't play so well on the road. Although we, you know, won a really great game last night. Uh, we've had some road woes over the years, but they seem to have been fixed for now. And luckily, we don't have to worry about that until a bowl game, which you know we are getting one this year. Woo! Yay! You know, I think it's great that we're not even talking about that. Well, that's
1: that's the crazy part is. So this is the first three-year stretch Virginia has made bowl games each year since they made four straight from O two 2 to 0-5. Yeah. So it's been almost 15 years since there's been a stretch like this. That's crazy. Which, you know, it's not like we're world beaters by any stretch. Right. And part of it is aided because over half the teams in college football make a bowl games, right? But, you know, credit where credit's due. We're making bowl games we're now. We're making
0: bowl games. And we, you know, we hit that six-win mark. And I think, I think it speaks to the program that we're not even discussing it. You know, because like a couple of years ago, we would have been like, wow, we made our first bowl game. This is the only thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> and now we're like, God, we just got to beat Tech. Well, that's, all, <laughs> that's all
1: we're talking well, about. Well, let's talk about that because we talked about like before the season, what were our goals? And I should have looked this up before. I know we wanted to beat Florida State. Mm-hmm. I know it was coastal contention. Now I think we should win. We should. Our goal should be to win the coastal. Yeah. Uh, beat Virginia Tech and eight wins in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So. If you take care of business like you're supposed to against Liberty, like you're supposed to against Georgia Tech, there's your eight wins. And then Virginia Tech's on the table. And if you hit both of those two things, then you're going to get the Coastal. So, sorry, I triggered my Siri. My phone is all messed up. Siri wants in. Siri wants
0: to talk about UV football. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, okay, the goals, the goals. (laughs) So... What's your thoughts on that right now? Have these goals changed? Are they still the same? What is successful? What isn't successful? What's your outlook looking in the last month of the season?
0: I don't think anything's changed for me. And I think with football, you just got to take what you get. And, you know, we've been hit by the injury bug, especially in the secondary. And that's not an excuse for us to say, hey, we should limit ourselves and what we can do. It seems that this offense, you know, if this offense continues what it does from last week, it's coming alive. And if our defense can somehow, you know, hold it together for a couple more weeks, get a little bit healthier over the bye week, maybe get some more players, some more reps in practice, uh, it might look a lot better. Maybe some new schemes. But all I'm saying is, just because we've got injuries and just because you know things have changed, doesn't mean that our goals have to change. I think that. It'll be a really good testament to the team and also to coaches if we can still, you know, get to nine wins and also beat tech for once yeah, so in let, our lifetime. Let's
1: talk about that. Let's talk about that. So uh hopefully Virginia takes care of business against Liberty and Georgia Tech. That would put us at eight wins. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if it happens, to me that's a huge step. Eight wins in the regular season, that that matters. And nine wins in the regular season. The last time we had that was 2007, that Chris Long year where every game was close, where we just lived on the edge, lived our best life for a a season. What a time. Yeah, and then Algro was out two years later. So, (laughs) But let's talk about Virginia Tech because if you get to eight wins and you get to Virginia Tech, there are scenarios which aren't really that unlikely where if Virginia takes care of business against Georgia Tech, Virginia might not even need to beat virginia tech in order to claim the coastal which is out there but to me virginia just plays with so much pressure i feel it i get tense every year when virginia tech comes. every
0: time i think about it i start like i
1: get i get a little angry like part of my heart just tenses up and (laughs) i just hate it but to me to me virginia's playing with this confidence right now hopefully that they can can continue with but Virginia Tech is also kind of playing with that right now. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech's a different team than they were before.
0: Definitely. And, you know, we've been saying this all year that they're going to be the best team that they are when they play us. It's going to be Bud Foster's last game. Uh, they're playing in Charlottesville. And, you know, they always bring the the house and they always bring the team, the fans with them. Even though UVA implemented that new policy, I don't know how much it's going to help. I think there's still going to be a lot of Hokie fans there. And that game is always, you know, a toss-up. And, you know, yeah. the, we kind of joke about Toss it. Toss-up is putting it nice. Yeah, right? they, we joke about it, you know, like throw throw everything out. It's a rivalry game. But it's really true. And every year, no matter, you know, if Tech's really bad and we're really good, you know, like last year, it didn't matter. And I think that no matter what, it's going to be a good game. And I just hope that this year we're at home. I hope that our coaches can really instill some confidence in these guys that they can win and that they can it out because last year we were unable to finish and i think that was the main part well one thing i will say is it
1: is like a statistical anomaly like virginia tech has one fifteen in a row yes also though like if you actually look at it i think last year i read this somewhere but i think last year was the first year since sometime in the 90s where virginia had the better record than virginia tech going into that game yeah so i mean we do have to say like Virginia Tech has clearly been the better team for the past the 15 years, yeah. like, without question. But obviously, it's a statistical anomaly that you're going to lose 15 in a row of, of those games. But to me, like right now, Virginia and Virginia Tech, they, they could have similar records coming in. Virginia might be above them. I don't think Virginia Tech will be above us, just the way the schedule is looking at us as far as win totals go. But this feels like another year where Virginia is, like last year, at the very worst at least as good as Virginia Tech, let's, potentially uh, better.
0: Let's talk about schedules. So we've already talked about UVA's remaining schedule. We've got Georgia Tech next week at home, bye week, Liberty at home, and then Virginia Tech at home. Virginia Tech has a much, much tougher schedule before they hit us in the last week of the season. They got Wake Forest at home. Wake Forest is you know a really good team this year. They've got a, a potent offense and a sound defense. Then they're, they're at Georgia Tech. They've, then they've got Pitt at home. Pitt is still fighting for their Coastal Division uh chances, so that that's gonna be a tough game. And then they get us, so that's a much tougher schedule than Liberty and Georgia Tech at home, and then also a bye week. Yeah,
1: and I mean that's that's what you get. You give and you take. You yeah. know, you gave that hard November or hard October, you know, where we were on the road four out of five, mm-hmm. and this is what you get in return. Hopefully this works because last year was the complete opposite. Our last two games were on the road. Yeah. Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. Yeah. So I am i don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird thinking about.
0: It is weird thinking about. And also, even and, – and I'm going to say this, and some people might disagree, but I would much rather beat Tech than win the Coastal. So if we lose to Georgia – and this is a very super unlikely – I don't even know if this is possible. If we lose to Georgia Tech but beat Tech – and don't win the coastal, I'm fine with that. I really am. See, at
1: that point, like going back to what we were talking about, at this point, like everything that we talked about preseason and the team talked about preseason it, too. Yeah. Ours is a little refined version of that, but uh I, I really want I really want eight regular season wins and I really want to beat tech. And if we beat tech, then hopefully that means nine regular season wins. I don't know. It's, again, weird because that performance last night came out of nowhere, but we knew right. we had to get through that stretch before we got to this stretch. Right. So I I don't know. I think we were talking about this last night too. I think in-state for fans, mm-hmm. I think I'd be more emotional about, and care about, to ask you about, about yeah. beating Virginia Tech. I think impact for a program, maybe from a recruiting standpoint, but also just the fact that we're not taking a lot of kids out of the state of Virginia. I think – kind of the national spotlight of being in the acc championship game whether it's a 40 or 50 point loss i don't know but i think that spotlight i think that might actually be better for the program but i think the fans it kind of is more virginia tech yeah it's kind of tough to say right now
0: and i get what you're saying and i i actually i i haven't done the math i don't know if it's possible if we beat tech and don't win the coastal i think that i actually don't think it's possible just right off the bat. That'd be my guess. We'll have to look into Cause, it. Because Pitt, Pitt and UNC, we've both beaten, and they're they're the ones right next to us.
1: Yeah, Miami. if Miami were to win out, then maybe they'd pose a threat since Maybe they have the tiebreaker. But we would also have to lose those two games. Yeah. So the crazy part is there are scenarios where we have the Coastal locked up before mm-hmm. we play Virginia Tech. Yeah. Assuming we take care of business against, against Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, we can't overlook Georgia Tech. And uh, speaking of Georgia Tech, you want to talk about them for a little bit or do you want to keep talking about virginia tech no virginia tech like i said it tenses me up (laughs) (laughs) it's not good loosen up rob yeah it's it's fun we just had a good win Don't, don't get tense uh let's let's talk about georgia tech for a little bit and they are you know coming in not a great team this year they have a new coach and they are not doing the triple option which is a blessing for us and a curse for them because they have not looked great all season and if there's something that you're looking for next week rob what is it
1: i mean to me this isn't a matchup game because this is a game where virginia should win like i said it's it's back to odu can virginia take kind of an emotional second half a win and carry that into georgia tech you know georgia tech's two and six on the season you know they're not winning a lot of games uh their only acc win is miami at miami their only other win was usf which was week two, 14 to 10.
0: They've also lost to the Citadel and Temple.
1: Yeah. Temple's actually not. The Tem- worst I think team Temple's in the world. good. They but lost Citadel,
0: th- you shouldn't lose to the Citadel. They lost 24 to 2 to Temple. Yeah. So- they lost 27 to 24 to Citadel at home. So, you know, they're not a great team by any means. And I think coming out of the triple option, they just don't have the personnel to to have a regular offense yeah. at all.
1: But it also, I was reading this article preseason when, you know, they had made the coaching change and they were talking about Georgia Tech. And there's really no reason to say Georgia Tech can't have a good football team. You no, know, Paul Johnson was successful there with the triple option, but obviously the game that so many people remember as UVA fans, which was before our time, but that 1990 game mm-hmm. when Georgia Tech ends up winning the national championship that year, we were number one at the time mm-hmm. and we lose that game. But in Atlanta, you know, they have there's no reason to think they can't have a good program eventually. And I think they will probably turn it around, but this is such a transition year for them. I mean, we remember our 2016 season yeah. with Bronco where yeah, so for us bad. just switching from, you know, this pro style offense to the spread. And mm-hmm. then from the four, three to the three, four, all of a sudden we're a two and 10 team. Right. That's it, what Georgia tech is looking like now. We just can't slip up. We it, just can't get in our own head. And I
0: think the fans understand that. I think that the team understands that too, that this is a work in progress and that, you know they they've just got to you know ride it out for at least a two or three years probably before they can actually contend for you know winning games and making it back to a bowl game because you just can't recruit at that level that quickly yeah and it, it's just not going to work out that well
1: it'll take time but yeah. hopefully hopefully we'll both be there yeah at the game yeah. so it is homecoming for us you are. Yay! You woo. Uh, yar! My last yar.
0: <laughs> my last yar. Yeah. So actually, it's not. I got yeah, one more. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got one more year. I, I graduated. You but got after the red you. shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> victory <laughs> let. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we win. 12-30 game is our first 12-30 game of the season. Earliest kickoff time of the season.
0: The throwback to the to Raycom that always had us at the 12-30 game. hated Raycom. Hate Raycom. ACC Network loves us so far. A lot of night games, a lot of afternoon games. Really opens up your day, it does. I feel. The night games especially. Mm-hmm. Even the Friday night. I don't like Friday night home games, but Friday night away games, I'm okay with. I think Friday night away games really frees up my weekend because oh, I only worry about one football game. On Friday and then Saturday I'm all good yep. and I don't have to worry about anything That's it's nice. really a beautiful thing it's nice. really, I'm not stressed all day for something yeah and, and you know the thing about the 12 30 games depending on the game you know my mood is gonna change for the rest of the day
1: oh yeah it's gonna impact the entire it's gonna weekend. impact
0: the entire weekend and so but as a night game my mood doesn't change until I go to bed so <laughs> it's all good
1: so anyway we we'll anyway. play at 12 30 next week
0: <laughs> yeah and uh once again, we're a sixteen and a half half point favorites right now. Line's probably gonna change a little bit, but uh once again, we only bet through my bookie. So Who
1: else will we bet with? We no the one, best. No one. No so one. And, uh,
0: but I don't bet on college sports, only pro. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a betting man, I don't know if I'd take that line though. I think I think our offense might come down a little bit. Defense is still not great, still working out some stuff. Um Yeah, I'm not sure. It's a bit think? of a
1: wild card. Uh I don't
0: know. And also coming off an emotional win at UNC. That's what scares me the yeah.
1: most is Virginia should win this game. Right. We just can't mess up our ourselves. Yeah. Like that's that's the game. And
0: I think it being at home, I think that, you know, down the stretch, I think they're locked in a lot more than they were. Uh I'm I'm looking for a win here, and I'm looking for the offense to continue to show me some some of that that good stuff that they gave us versus UNC. And I think it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. All right. Any any other closing thoughts you got as we look wrap up this week and then look ahead? Only closing
0: thought I'm going to have is that Bronco dancing on the sideline was great. I really like that. I, someone needs to make a GIF out of that. I haven't seen one yet, but uh, I sell a lot of video replays of Bronco kind of like hopping around on the sideline. Yeah. So that was funny. Bronco's kind of weird. Like he will do
1: the high, He did the high step on the right. Joe Reed yeah. kick return. <laughs> and there's a the funny video that I, I showed you, Austin, that was... Uh, him, like, jumping up and down against Louisville. Yeah. But I don't know if he was actually getting up off the ground. He was just, like, kind He just of on his tiptoes, yeah. So, but
0: straight face the whole time, no smiles.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, well, let's wrap this baby up. Uh, yells, you want to give?
0: Yeah, I want to give a yell to Ryan Nelson in the interview with Bryce Perkins at the end of the game. Uh, he had just a I'm happy to be here kind of face on. Didn't say anything, smiling the whole time. Uh, Bryce was giving uh, the whole line of shout-out. And uh, Ryan Nelson just never left the interview. Didn't say a word. Didn't need to say a word. Yeah, it, it was all in the in the posture.
1: Yeah. Well, Bryce MVP, so right. probably just let him go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll give a yell to uh, kind of cheesy, but Bronco Mendenhall. Uh-huh. So Bronco Mendo- Mendenhall, we looked this up. Through four seasons, is seven and one against Duke and UNC. Mike London for context through six seasons was only two and ten against Duke and UNC. So obviously Bronco Mindenhall still needs to beat tech, but the fact that we're kind of backed, at least currently, to consistently beating our North Carolina rivals, our longtime rivals, mm-hmm. Duke and UNC, I think that's really significant because you know, those for us, you know, we're we're still twenty four, you know, we're still like let's beat tech, rah mm-hmm. rah. But for a lot of people, Duke and Carolina carry old-timers, a lot yeah. of weight. Mm-hmm. and
0: Especially Carolina. South's oldest rivalry, baby. So
1: 7-1 and one against Duke and Carolina. I honestly think when you look in the context of the past couple of years of Bronco Hall I think that's one of the most important things we've seen is, hey, we haven't beat Tech yet, but we're at least consistently beating some teams. Yeah. So I think it's a really good thing for Bronco Hall
0: Yeah. And with that, I think that's it for our football podcast. Look out for our basketball one coming out later this week. And as always, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod. Uh, go give a look to Armchair Media. They've got a lot of podcasts about all sorts of stuff. Baseball's over, unfortunately, but NBA is just starting up. A lot of great stuff out there on NBA, MMA, all that kind of good stuff. So we will see you guys soon. Go who's baby. cox internet when you add cox mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5g reliability on the go so whether you're playing a game at home yes go or attending one live no. you can do more without spending more learn how to save at cox.com internet cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable cox mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5g reliability as measured by ukla llc in the us to H 2023 results may vary not
1: an endorsement other restrictions apply